You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Alan Shoes. He's NPR's Voice of Books. We're talking about the horror genre in 2013. Thank you for joining me, Alan. That's a pleasure, Rick. You know, the horror genre is such a great American genre, and it's also a, a genre that comes out of the short story tradition of Edgar Allan Poe and Lovecraft. That's right. Poe invented the modern short story, and so everything that we're talking about is perfectly conventional and mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> Words arranged on the page that make you feel... Uh, as though you'd better run. There's something behind you. In general, that seems to be life or the year 2013. <laughs> I'm happy to see it. In the rearview mirror. Yeah. Uh, but it did bring us a, a bunch of really great uh, horror novels. And there was a huge horror boom in the 1980s when, when Stephen King came out mm-hmm. and was really big and Clive Barker and mm-hmm. Dean Koontz and Peter Straub. And I think we're experiencing that same kind of bloom once again. And so I wanted to just talk to you. This year brought us a a new Stephen King book, a sequel probably about 20 years after he swore he'd never write another book again. That was every bit as good as the book that preceded it. I thought it was terrific. I really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, if if you're steeped in The Shining, you really don't have to go back and read The Shining. He does does some neat, sneaky little reprises of uh, the material of The Shining. In the current one, and actually, I think the, the the new one is maybe better than the shiny. It's got that great monster character, that woman. And, and I think too, it has you know, it's Stephen King writing from a really personal place about you know his addictions, and he's come a lot closer to himself in the intervening years. Yeah, he 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 couldn't write the Lost Weekend, but he wrote uh, the Shining, and now he's written the new one. And on another sequel that I thought was one of the highlights of the year was Anne Rice's The Wolves of Midwinter. You know, I was so, so glad when she turned away from the Christian God and went back to what she really does best, which is horror. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, she's an interesting study, and I think maybe somebody will write an interesting book about her and her the progression of her thinking and the progression of her books because... Uh, you know, she turned to, uh, you know, I have a slight acquaintance of her, but, you know, that you don't talk about this with her. Uh, she turned to lycanthropy and such when, and, and blood matters when her, you know, she lost a child of leukemia. She did a tremendous amount of research in, in blood, and, and then she hit it really big with the, the blood-drinking uh, characters in her vampire sequence. Um, and now she's doing werewolves, and it, I, I really like those first two books. They're quite terrific, and they came, you know, a couple of years after what I took to be some of the worst stuff I've ever read, let alone the worst stuff she's ever written, which were those two books about uh, about Jesus. They were awful, bested only by Mailer's book on Jesus. Uh, so I mean, it's a subject that just seems to uh, reflect all thought. Uh, bounce, all thought bounces off it, should say. <laughs> I think we'd best leave our writing to, about Jesus to God. <laughs> or someone other than Mailer or, or Anne Rice or, or anyone. You know, uh, one of the things I thought that was uh, interesting 
was there have been a number of really fantastic short story collections uh, mm-hmm. this year. Um, we had John Langan, The Wide Carnivorous Sky and Other Monstrous Geographies. This is a, a fantastic collection, uh, which envelops, shows the, the real strengths of the horror genre as able to... One of the things about genre fiction in general... I, Let's, let's kind of step back, is that when you're writing to a genre, the advantage is that you, you're limited. There are only so many things you can say, so that narrowing of choices makes things easier for you as a writer, makes it easier for you as a reader. On the other hand, I think with the horror genre, you have that effect, but you also have the opposite effect. Because it's horror, you could write uh, something that's totally naturalistic, like this Kothi uh, Zan book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Never List, which is just about a murderer, but is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. You can go the complete supernatural route, which John Langan does in the wide carnivorous sky with zombies, with werewolves, with uh, vampires. He kind of hits all the all the notes in really unique and interesting ways. Uh, or you can take a science fiction premise like Michael Crichton did so many times so successfully and also turn it into a horror novel. And I think that the horror genre really both because of the restrictions and because of the un, the freedom it writes allows you is a kind of an inspiring genre for both writers and readers. Well, you, you've convinced me that I should try to write a, a, a horror story. I mean, I've never written a horror story. I mean, I've written, I, I, I don't know, I've published maybe 70 stories, you know, three or four collections of stories um, and novellas. But I've never, never done horror. Um, I read them. I mean, I confess I read them because it takes me completely out of my mind, out of my imaginative self, out of my monkey mind. Every, I just, you know, live in a kind of terrified state in the pages as I read. Um, so it's, it's a tremendous, it's like a little literary vacation for me. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bates Motel vacation, I guess it is. But um, and, and I thoroughly enjoy them when I read them. Um, and I know, as you mentioned, you know, Poe is the uh, ancestor of, of this form. Um, but it's also present in, in, you know, in the greatest uh, poems we know, in, in the Odyssey particularly, where all sorts of strange creatures flit through that book in the underworld section. Um, if you remember, the at the lowest level in, in, in the underworld uh, is the Medusa, and we don't look at her. We dare not look at her. We get out of there with Odysseus before we can take a look at the Medusa. But So I, I, I have what passes for fun for me when I read in, in, this, in this genre, but I haven't really tried to write one. But now you're, you're uh, Lord, inspiring me. Well, I, I would love to see it. You know, who else had a great horror novel this year was Joyce Carol Oates. The uh, Accursed. The, the Accursed. Uh, Haunted Princeton. Haunted Princeton. You thought all the Princetonians were very privileged and didn't have any ghosts or <laughs> problems like that. Turns out a batch of them are demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the things, reasons that horror has an enduring popularity and returns, especially when times are bad, because... When you look at all these people that you'll see, or just especially nowadays, 
you look at any kind of newscast and the chances are you're going to see somebody screaming about something and there are a lot of really unpleasant people talking about a lot of really unpleasant things and your inclination is to say that person must be evil but and I think that the horror genre allows us to externalize and engage with our feelings that we're surrounded by evil that looks fairly mundane. But now that now that you're talking in sociological terms, I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, the the traditional uh, the given about the movie business is in times of terrible war and famine and such, there are a lot of musicals take and comedies takes your mind off it. And and in times of of relative peace, then you can have these horrifying pictures that make people scream in the theater. Uh, because they're, they know things are okay outside the theater. But uh, right now, if you look, I mean, you look on television, and there's this, the, the most popular, or one of the most popular shows is, is, is The Walking Dead. I mean, I watched the first episode, and I thought, wait a minute, I know all this stuff. And I mean, I've read tremendous zombie books and werewolf books and vampire books, and this stuff is all just a complete ripoff of all of that. And, but it's for the uninitiated. I can't imagine somebody... Who, do you watch The Walking Dead? No. I, ah, okay. I, there's, I proved my case by that because... Like you, I watched the first episode and said, well, you know, I've seen this before. And, yeah, you know, exactly. You've seen the... If you've seen uh, Night of the Living Dead... Right. As far as I'm concerned, you've seen pretty much all the zombie movies you need to see. Yeah, yeah. And that's still, what, 68 now, what, 25, 35 years later? Mm-hmm. It's still terrifying. Yeah. And, but the, here you have this show that millions and millions of people are watching, uh, and I'm sure it scares a lot of them. Um, but you've seen one zombie film like Night of the Living Dead. You've seen them all. On, on the I, other so hand, what does it say about American, American life? It, it's, it's not all that bad out there these days if people are, so many millions of people are watching well, Night I think of, uh, the, the it Walking is so. Dead. I think that a lot of the horror genre comes out comes uh, gets popular when times are tough. It's, that's my take, is that when financial times are tough, the horror genre blossoms. And yeah, but, you, but, but, that, but that rubric that I brought up about the movie business is just, just the, suggests just the opposite. Mm-hmm. When times are tough, you, you watch musicals, you watch Three Stooges. When times are really bad, you want to get out of that. And so... But, so times must, by that theorem, times must be pretty good if millions of people are watching The, you know, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Well, I think uh, the bringing up the zombie genre, there are still things you can do with it. Uh, Nathan sure. Ballingrud, in this collection of his North American lake monsters, mm-hmm. has a story that's ostensibly a zombie story called The Good Husband yeah. that right. is absolutely mind-bogglingly wonderful. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful story about a husband whose wife has attempted to commit suicide three times. She tries the fourth time, and he wakes up. He hears her in a bathtub. He walks in. He sees her body. He says, I just can't deal with this anymore. He lets her lay in the tub, comes back the next morning, and she gets out of the tub. Hmm. <clears throat> and you now have a zombie story that's a story of marriage, of the economic tensions, the social tensions, all the tensions in mm-hmm. their relationship have been given this twist of the fantastic mm-hmm. that is 
written as if it's very everyday, mundane reality. He has to deal with the problem with what happens when their daughter comes home from college? What's she going to think about her mom, who now lives in the basement and has giant gashes in her wrists? You know, I haven't read any of these in this collection, but I'm looking at The Good Husband now. It's a great first sentence. The water makes her nightgown diaphanous, like the ghost of something, and she's naked underneath. So this is R-rated zombie. This is operated zombie fiction. And I think that there's a there's been a, a passel of good stuff. We have the sequel by Warren Fahey to Fragment. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody hasn't read Fragments and loves uh, this genre, loves terrific, it's a fusion of horror and science fiction, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, and with a lot of drawings of the creatures that this scientific expedition finds on this island and that is completely isolated from the normal trend of evolution for millions of years. And so these really weird and mostly murderous creatures live on this place and attack the scientists. It's uh, a monster cavalcade, and I love good monsters. These are great monsters. Warren Fahey is brilliant yeah. at monsters. And then in the sequel, you get this uh, crazed Russian right-wing millionaire, billionaire, who's uh, got a whole collection of these creatures in, a, in an underground city in the Caucasus. And I, one of the things I think that uh, this is the science fiction spin on the horror genre, mm -hmm. where yeah. you can take, rather than having the supernatural, uh, what you have with zombies, you can have a science fiction spin. And you can also have, there's a huge influx of these more, the scholarly ghost stories. I, Mm -hmm. uh, inspired by M.R. James, who's you know the the classic creator of the English ghost stories. Uh, there's an author named uh, Reggie Oliver mm -hmm. from England, and he's been releasing short story collections now for about uh, ten or fifteen years, and they are just these beautifully sculpted short stories with just an you mm -hmm. know a sukona the fantastic in them, mm -hmm. but they have this the feel of. Uh, an episode, a great episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> I've never watched Downton Abbey. Never watched Walking Dead. I'm waiting for the sequel, <laughs> The Walking Dead Walk Through Downton Abbey. What's what's the title of this? Uh, this new book is called Flowers of the Sea, and it's two novellas and Reggie, 13 short stories. Reggie Oliver. Reggie Oliver. And Oliver can take a, takes a variety of situations and he infuses them with an element of haunting, a bit of the supernatural, but he focuses really nicely on his characters mm -hmm. and just creates these perfect little short stories that have the supernatural element that keeps you involved and engaged, but a kind of a low-key, character-driven story behind them. And yeah. I think the two yeah. work together hand-in-hand -hand really well. Well, now, now you sort of got your finger on my Achilles heel because it's... If I had my druthers, I'd probably spend a year just reading in the, in the genre stuff rather than reading the serious uh, art stories that I like to write. And uh, If I could just write art stories and read horror stories, I'd probably have a better year. Well, pretty soon we'll be doing both. I've been speaking with Alan Chews. His newest forthcoming book is... An Authentic Captain Marvel Ring and Other Stories. We'll be looking forward to it, Alan, and your first horror story. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Alan.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.